0: Amen. Y'all just heard a beautiful psalm about a beautiful king. The beauties of his body, his grace, his judgments, the beauties of robes and palaces. And the beauty of the body sets much of the tone of the sermon series that we're about to begin. The beauty of the body of Christ We're going to begin a sermon series on 1 Corinthians called Equipping the Saints. Equipping the saints who are the body of Christ, outfitting it, adorning it, beautifying it, perfecting it. And so I love the image of this psalm to start us out as what we are aspiring to, what we are called to as the body of Christ. The most handsome of kings is Christ our Lord. And so because we're beginning a sermon series on 1 Corinthians, naturally I'm going to actually begin with Ephesians. So today we are going to hear from the word of the Lord out of the letter of Ephesians chapter 4. And so I invite you to look in your bulletin or to turn there in your Bible. If you don't have a Bible, you're welcome to take one of the few Bibles in front of you or to listen. I'll be reading from the fourth chapter of the letter to the Ephesians, beginning with the first verse. From the Apostle Paul. I, therefore, a prisoner of the Lord, urge you, y'all, One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. But grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. I mean, therefore it says, When he ascended on high, he led a host of captives and gave gifts to men. It's from Psalm 68, by the way. In saying he ascended, what does it mean? But that he also descended into the lower regions of the earth. He who descended is the one who also ascended far above all the heavens that he might fill all things. And so he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, the teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for the building up by human cunning and by craftiness and deceitful schemes, but rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into Him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped. When each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. The word of the Lord. Lord, your word is absolutely true and it is given to us in love. May I proclaim you warning everyone and teaching everyone with all wisdom that we may indeed present ourselves pure and blameless before you. So may the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable and pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Amen. Many of you were teenagers once, Right? Some of you are not teenagers yet. Some of you are beginning to enter your teenage years. And when I started to enter my teenage years, I went through all the things that usually happened at that time, including growing. Okay? By 13, I was six foot. Okay? And parents or you yourselves may remember, when you grow quickly... It's painful, right? It's also awkward. You don't know how to use your limbs very well, right, necessarily. And there are pains. Sometimes you just wake up and you're like, I don't feel it, as if you grew like three inches at night or something, which didn't happen, but that's what it can feel like. And where do the pains often happen? in your joints, right? I mean, they can happen all sorts of places, but they often happen in your joints, Elbows, knees, ankles, in your neck and down your spine, right? The places where your bones and muscles and ligaments and all the things that make you up come together. The growing pains happen. And why is that? Because that's where all the strain of growth and imbalance come to a head. And they meet. And the joints aren't used to it. <laughs> right? Even growing older, we feel it in our joints, don't we? I'm, say, I'm saying we. You're probably like, I'm, I'm not that old yet. But you know what I'm saying. Um, some of y'all feel it more than I do. Okay, uh, you, you start to get it. Right In the joints of your fingers and in your knuckles and in your knees and I think knee replacement is like an epidemic here at this congregation, right? Like you, The pain from the imbalance and the growth or the wearing over time happens where the joints are, where the connections are, where the relationships of our different parts of our body are. And I think that that's very true of the body of Christ as well. For if you heard, the apostle describes the body of Christ, not a body like an organization, but a body like an organism. The word is soma, body, right? We are called to become part of a new organism the body of Christ. And we may have often heard ourselves describe that, you know, in, in other letters of Paul, he describes it as like some of you might be a foot or a hand or a, well, none of you are a head, but right, you know, it might be some different part. But in many ways, we're really like, the saints are like cells. Cells being brought together from disparate places into some sort of new organism making up different parts of the body. I mean, your body is billions of cells with all sorts of things that interconnect together. And we are called to be made alive. Cells on their own are what? Dead, okay? They're dead, they're dust, dust, drift. right? We who were dead in our trespasses through Christ, have been given new life with a new spirit, with a new body, with new blood, (laughs) to become part of something new, an identity that transcends your individual places into a new person that we would know as Christ. He is making a body for himself. And I don't know that much about medical things. I've heard some of you have worked with cadavers, and that's not what I would want to do, okay? But, right, from what I understand, it's pretty amazing that you can even do something like a transplant, right? If you bring in something foreign to your body, your body is meant to destroy it. It doesn't like foreign things. <laughs> it wants its own and nothing else. And so if you create a body out of a bunch of different bodies, they're probably going to fight with one another, right? It's not natural. We, we actually don't even have very good images. I was trying to think of an illustration for this, and the best thing I could think of, well, either was a jellyfish, right, which is like a colony of different organisms, which is weird, right? Or Frankenstein, okay? It's monstrous, almost, the idea of bringing in a bunch of disparate, foreign, alien, strange things into one new organism. We don't even have the capacity to think of that well. And yet our God is no mad scientist. He is a God bringing resurrection, life, bringing life into this new body called Christ, and so he knows (laughs) what it is to bring in all of these different pieces and people, and he knows what it is to have growing pains then, because we are called to grow. I mean, did you hear that language in this passage? It was so much about, it's not just like, ah, you're a, you're a new body, go eat lunch or something, right? Like, it's like, no, we are growing up. We are growing up the way a child grows up, the way an acorn turns into a tree, the way we see something. God looks at us like a child growing and becoming what he knows is going to be beautiful and glorious, and it's his job to glorify it. And so he grows us up. (laughs) There's a beauty intended for us. And that's why he seeks to equip us. Because it's not natural or easy or pain free. (laughs) To grow means you're going to have pains. And those pains, the image I want us to focus on primarily, you can have pains lots of places, but the image I want us to have as we enter into this sermon series is that the pain is in the joints, where you all connect with one another. There's going to be rub, and yet it's in those very places that God administers. His love, he administers his grace. The medicine of the gospel is like a ministry, like a physical therapy for our joints. How we relate to one another—kind of like uh, you all seen Wizard of Oz, right? Tin Man's hasn't been used in a long time, and he's like oil can right you need to squeak it in right we can be stiff and stiff-necked can't we we're more allied to the things of this world and our own privileges and postures and desires and aims that we forget how we are called to relate to one another How our relating to one another is something foreign and glorious and is supposed to grow up. And so God gives gifts. He gives specifically leaders in the church to help equip our joints. Did you notice that? That's what the body is equipped with, the joints, to equip, to minister to our joints what is necessary for them to work well. And y'all, I, it was hard for me to, in some ways to prepare for this because I'm like, okay, I'm called to be a pastor. Verse 11, shepherds, pastors, right? But I'm like, how, who am I to equip you for the work of ministry? If the work of ministry is the building up of the body of Christ, if the building up of the body of Christ, as we're going to talk about it, it, it this idiom, is primarily in how you all relate to one another. I am no guru about how you relate to one another. I myself am just another saint called into the body of Christ. I've had my fair share of failings in how to relate to other people. I have my own prejudices, my own resentments, my own lusts, my own envies. And I don't mean them abstractly. I mean them just as real as you experience them. And it can be, it feels like quite a bit of a burden to think that I am given to equip you to love each other well. And yet God loves to use the broken things. His body might be bringing a bunch of broken, disparate things together, but it's not a monstrosity, it's beautiful. And his grace to me and to you is not in vain. And so I, I want to name, there's such a conviction and calling to minister to this, and I don't have anything to offer you except the spirit that animates the body, the blood of Jesus Christ that would flow through the body, His love that connects it all together. His word (laughs) that guides us. And yes, some of the experiences that he's given me, in many ways, in my failures. I think about Paul. Paul, who's writing this letter about being equipped to minister reconciliation for the building up of the body of Christ. When he says he's the least of the apostles and the least of the saints, it's like, I mean, homeboy tried to kill the Christians. Let us remember, right? If you want to find a way to make sure joints don't work, let's separate them, put them in prison, and stone them. Okay? That is not building up the body. And Jesus met him and struck him off his horse for it. All right? And yet Jesus also called him. Because of that experience, you will now go connect my people. You will suffer for their building up. You will suffer in the pains of it. And all of us are likewise called. You all have ways that you are longing to connect with one another. You all have ways that make it very difficult to connect with one another. You like to isolate. You like to gossip. You like to be better or worse than, right? You lost, you envy, people get hurt by these things. It's not a matter of we were some perfect, you know, I don't know what all the finger bones are, but like we're some perfect piece that just needed to slot in. No, we have our problems and God would convert you and God would use you and he would turn even the ways that you would most be detrimental to the upbuilding of the body of Christ, he would use them for the building up of it. He knows. And so part of the equipment is going to be hearing from God's word as we enter into First Corinthians to hear how Paul administers the gospel of God to the very detrimental places of ordinary humanity that they might be a new humanity. Because 1 Corinthians is not written to us, though it is for all the saints. It's, It's written to a particular congregation at a particular time in a particular place that had particular problems. But we're also a particular congregation at a particular time in a particular place that has particular problems. So we can learn from it, right? And it's in the very corporate reality of the body of Corinth that Paul, he's not not really addressing like abstract theological issues. We're gonna see this, okay? It opens up, Chloe and her people have told me that y'all are not getting along. You think, well, I follow so-and-so, and and I follow so-and-so, I have my allegiances, I like this person. It's like, no, (laughs) right? That's how it starts out. He administers the truth of the unity of the gospel, the unity of Christ and the unity of God to actual disunity in the body. He addresses actual situations of people bringing their passions together. We all have passions. People are lusting after one another. They're putting their hands on each other's bodies. They're getting angry with one another. And they're figuring out how do we be married, not married, single, not, what, what, do we, what do we do about all this, right? Actual bodies of human beings with actual passions, and God is administering the truths of Christ in this way to like, so yeah, how do you? We can't spend our time, we're not going to relate to one another well if we deny the fact that we have passions, We will if we submit them to God and hear what he's going to say about. So how do you bring those together? Are they wearing you down? Or are they working well together? He's, he's talking to people who are, who are really concerned about their own well-being and their rights. I hear a lot of talk about rights in this time and place. Well, good. There's a whole section on it in 1 Corinthians about what do you do about your status and your rights and your ability and your talents vis-a-vis the other people in the body of Christ. He's going to administer the truths of Christ's sacrifice, his forgiveness, his posture to the very relations that are there. He's gonna talk to people who are actually coming together to worship. They're coming together certain days, they bring in, some people are poor, some people are rich, some people are getting drunk at the table, right? Okay, they're trying to figure out what do we do with this mess of different people from different socioeconomic backgrounds and different privileges and all these sorts of things that have different expectations. What does it actually look like for us to meet together, to be together in the body of Christ? Not abstractly, but literally, corporately, in a single building, space, right? Like it's very embodied because Paul is concerned about the body because God is concerned about the body. And so we get to overhear the apostle ministering the truth, speaking the truth in love to these actual relationships. And our hope is that we also might learn for our relationships. How do we love one another? How do we speak to one another? How do we sit next to one another? How do we eat with one another? How do we bring our own things together? What is it to be the body of Christ? And this seems like a fitting time to get into this. As Warren's been coming back and has felt rejuvenated and refreshed in the Lord, we all know COVID was hard. COVID's still hard. There was a lot, you could use a bunch of different metaphors, right? Some of our joints were kind of ripped apart, we're isolated from one another. Some of our joints just got stiff. You sit on the couch for a long time, I don't care how healthy your bones are. When you stand up, it's gonna hurt, okay? They're not used to working. That's that's my attempt at showing what a joint working looks like, okay? When we've been disrupted, lying in a hospital bed, having to be immobile, it is hard to learn again how to walk. And when we just go through life, not paying attention to our joints, eating whatever we want, just going through working, suddenly we find our joints hurt because we've gotten out of shape. And the same thing happens to particular bodies in the particular body of Christ. And there's so many ways, there's such eagerness and desire in this congregation to love one another. And so what a fitting time to be ministered to by the Lord afresh about, yeah, this is how our joints should work. This is how we should relate to one another. This is how we can be encouraged. And so I leave two hopes for us as we enter into 1 Corinthians from this passage in Ephesians. First in verse 16, he says, when each part is working properly, my hope is that we would work properly. A hand working properly right, can grasp things. I can turn this page, I can move this podium mic, right? I can pick this up. Right? There are things that the body of Christ is supposed to be able to do. And if it doesn't do them, it's not working properly. And so, my hope is that we would learn what are the things that the body of Christ is meant to do, is grown up to do, so that we might do them? Is the body of Christ meant to serve its neighbors? Meant to bring in others into itself? Meant to serve one another? If there are things that are keeping us from doing that, if my thumb is broken, well, we need to fix it. If it hurts so bad that it doesn't want to work, we need to minister to it. And so to be honest with one another about what things are really allowing us and enabling us to do what Christ would have us do and what things are really painful or frustrating and getting in the way. And to minister, as it says, the humility, the gentleness, the patience, bearing with one another in love, ministering to that, to those very places. And I submit that a lot of times the things that actually keep, let's say, the hand of the body of Christ from doing what it needs to do is because the things that come together and join together to do it don't want to work together together. The bones and pieces are more concerned about their individual lives than they are about being part of the hand. And yet there's so much more beauty in being part of the hand. Which leads into the second hope from the first part of this passage, to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called. I mean, my hand could work and punch you in the face, right? Is that worthy of my hand? I don't think so, okay? My hand can work and steal something. My hand can work and write something that's false. It's not a matter of just that the body works properly, but that it works worthily of what it's been called to. And y'all, I hear from y'all a deep desire to work and walk worthily of Christ. And so some of my hope for this series is to encourage you in that hope. Is to encourage you in what does it look like to be Christ and to grow up worthily for him, to encourage you in the practices and relationships that actually make it beautiful, that turn your hand not into something that would just steal or spend its time like surfing Twitter, but is healing, that is reaching out. And I know you want that. You want to love each other well. It might be hard medicine at times to call us out on some of the things that we need to do or not do. But I want to fan into flame what I already hear from you, which is a desire to be worthy of Christ, to be his ambassadors. For as Jesus said himself in the beginning the upper room time that he had with his disciples in John 13. A new commandment I give to you that you love one another just as I have loved you, you also are to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. <laughs> if you work well together, if your joints are equipped to work properly and walk well worthily. I hope that we can be inspired at the beauty of Christ's body, what it could do, what it should be doing, what it will do by the grace of God, and we ourselves will so want to be caught up in it, that we will relate to one another as we should and as we'll give real manifestation to his promises, that we will look like Christ in how we love one another. So with that, I invite us through the rest of this season and into next season to attend well to 1 Corinthians. And Lord, now we invite your spirit to equip us. For we cannot hear, we cannot be united together, we cannot love one another except that you first have given us life and called us into your body. Lord, so make us work properly and walk worthily and be joined together because we are joined to you. We praise you, our head and our hope. Jesus Christ, amen. Amen.
1: stand up and sing this song of surrender, I think fitting. Thank you, Cal. in light of our call to be the body, uh, surrender our hearts and our lives to Christ.
0: Brothers and sisters, we have a heavy charge to love one another and become the body. But I send you out, not in our own power, but in the power of Christ. So would you lift forth your hands and receive his own benediction now to him? who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we could ask or think. According to the power at work within us, to him be glory in the church, his body in Christ Jesus throughout all generations
2: forever and ever. Amen.